Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Town and Country Harlow, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, he's back, I'm back, it's Mr Paul Levy. We're back, hello, and welcome, everybody, back to episode 291, thanks to everyone who tuned into our last show a couple of weeks ago, I was... Uh, Joined by our podcast sponsor, Charlie, who did a tremendous job. He stood in very well. I think you ought to be a little bit concerned how how well he actually did. He was a natural, wasn't nervous, and delivered some great opinions. Got to say, it's hard to come in and be a guest host on any podcast, let alone one which is established as ours, where me and you've got such a good... uh, And it's low-tech as well. Yeah, so I thought Charlie done very well to uh, deliver the standard of podcast that you've done. So well done. Well done, Charlie. Absolutely right. So thanks for joining us last time in episode 290, Charlie. But this week, it's been a couple of weeks, we've both been away, we're back now, we're refreshed and we are ready to talk about a really good period uh, in our history. And that is obviously the last three games of this half a season, essentially, is what we're going to be talking about. (laughs) So we've got a brief roundup of what's gone on at the club since we last recorded. That's the last couple of weeks. Brief roundup there. few games, uh, three to be precise, that we're going to briefly review. So let's crack on without further ado. And as always, we start with our podcast sponsors. Yeah, so covering London, Essex and Hertfordshire, town and country Harlow estate agents are run by two Orient season ticket holders and fellow O's fans. And along with the podcast, they have helped dozens of people move home already. So sponsorship working really well. And the best bit is they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount off their already competitive fees. So save yourself a few quid and keep it in the Orient family. You can give them a call on 01279 or alternative number 07528 497. They are also on Twitter. You can contact the team at T and C Harlow or you can tweet Charlie, who can be found at Charlie underscore Paul. That's with an E on the end. And just a reminder, town and country don't just sell houses, they change lives. What a strap line. Absolutely they do. So let's move on then to our friends over at the Supporters Club. New trip to tell you about. It's Rochdale happening on Tuesday the 13th of September. Kickoff for that one is 7.45. Coaches are going to be leaving from outside the Supporters Club at midday. That is going to cost you £42 return. That's for adults, £39 your concessions and £21 for uh, people under the age of 15 and remember those prices do not include your match day ticket you can book on for that trip or any other trip that the supporters club are going to be running their travel line is 07507 539 579 or you can go into the supporters club at a home game and chat to them there and get yourself booked on Lovely stuff. Just one piece of AOB on this week's podcast. We were saddened to learn of the passing of another member of the Orient family last week, or two weeks ago now, as Southstand season ticket holder Rob Rutherford had passed away. So we send our condolences to his son Jack, his family, and all of his friends. So rest in peace, Rob. Absolutely. Another one of the Orient family lost, but obviously never forgotten. So let's move on to the fortnight that was. And we start with Happy Monday, the 15th of August. And Lawrence Vigarou made the Football League Papers Team of the Day for his performance against Mansfield. And also the 
official Skybet League 2 team of the day featured Lawrence Figaro and Idris El Mizuli. So congratulations to both players. Feels like an age ago. Doesn't it just? Although your penalty save video is still getting lots of likes on Instagram. Your reel that you've done is over 500 Instagram. Really? So well played, Mr. Levy. I'm sure everyone's seen that video. If you haven't, go and check out our Instagram page from the South Stand where Biggs makes an outstanding save. I also got um, George. George's uh, penalty, obviously from a distance, not not as close up, uh, from Saturday's game as well. So yeah, check yeah. out check out our our timelines. <laughs> a nice little plug. At Orient Outlook on Twitter, Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast is our Instagram, Facebook. Just search Orient Outlook Podcast. Lovely stuff. Also on Monday, the club announced that it appointed Mike Pink as new chief commercial officer. He replaces Josh Stevens, who left recently to work for Harry Kane. Amazing work there from Josh to get that role. I've mm. seen him already smashing it on LinkedIn with loads of posts about Harry Kane uh, and Tottenham. So amazing work there from Josh. Mike joins the O's from Bolton Wanderers where he's spent the last year as their Chief Commercial Officer and prior to Bolton, Mike has held a lot of positions in football. Palace, Wembley Stadium and QPR. I must say on paper, that is a phenomenal appointment. I think mm. he's only moving to us because it's closer to his home. Right. Whereas he was at Bolton beforehand, and Bolton a massive, massive. club, so yeah. looks like on paper that is a hell of an appointment. Yeah, looking forward to see what Mike does. Absolutely, see what happens. So to who, get your wallets ready, I can, I can <laughs> safely imagine that we're going to need to spend more money. So to Huey Tuesday, then August the sixteenth, a hundred and six years ago to the very day, we sadly lost former Leighton Orient player and World War One hero George Scott. We will always remember yeah. him once and know. Always an O. So on Tuesday, we had Swindon Town away. We're going to cover these games, uh, still cover them, but not as in much detail as what we normally yeah. would now, given the length of time passed. So the team was announced at 6.45. Vigaru, James, Beckles, Ogie, Hunt, El Mazzuni, Prattley, Moncur, Smythe, Archibald and Kelman with the subs lined up with Sergeant Happy, Thompson, Sweeney, Brown, Smith and Satirian. Yeah, that side saw one change from the starting eleven against Mansfield Town as Shad Ogie replaced Dan Happy and for me I don't think Dan was at his best on, uh, on at that game uh, against Mansfield although he did make a number of really good blocks so maybe he's paid the price but I suspect now looking at this retrospectively it was probably just I don't know maybe a tight muscle or that's what Richie said he, he said himself like somehow, he so. came out of the team because he looked a bit leggy and, yeah. and tight and he wanted no, to manage him and there's no need to risk yeah, but there's no need to risk players. We've got good depth now. Shadogi is a very, very good understudy. Yeah, as long as as well as Adam Thompson as well at centre back where absolutely. you can play him. A- absolutely right. I-, I think people have their views. I think some people are sort of more pro Shad than they are Dan. But yeah. I'm I'm more pro Dan to be honest with you. I think there's something about that. Like both of them are really good. There's no question. We're very fortunate to have two left-footed centre backs that are actually really strong and young. Um, we're very fortunate there so it's, it's quite the conundrum yeah. to have good points me I was pleasantly surprised by that team I thought we may have seen more rotation mm-hmm. given that it was a difficult game against Mansfield the previous Saturday and Swindon was going to be tough so I was happy to see players like Archibald and Smythe and Moncur in there who I thought may have been rested or feeling leggy so a few tweets came in before the match we're only going to mention the one from Alex RC 77 again a new Twitter handle mm-hmm. on me welcome to the podcast Alex Kept it short, kept it sweet, said pretty much our strongest team. Yeah, it pretty much is. I mean, the only others that you're kind of missing from there were obviously Drynan, 
I think that's pretty much the only one really. So it, it's literally our our best squad, best yeah. squad there really. So let's crack on then. The match kicked off. It was the worst possible start for the O's. Swindon took the lead in the fourth minute after Jacob Waitling was fed inside our box. He comfortably set up McCurdy uh, to tap in at the far post and make it one nil to the hosts. And really poor defending from our side. It scares me at times because at time, like on Saturday against Hartlepool, we, we got opened up really, really easily. And it's scary how easily sometimes we can be opened up. I think defensively, you say poor defending. I think a Swindon fan would say that was a well-taken team move. I agree. McCurdy finished yeah. up. McCurdy had a black ponytail last year. He's now got a blonde He's gone all Crop big cut. time because he made it in t- on telly in the FA Cup, didn't I, he? I like him. I must confess, I do like McCurdy. I he's an exciting player. Exciting player. He's scored. I don't know where he'd fit in our team with who we've got, but you'd want him. At League 2 level, you absolutely would. However, the lead didn't last long. Three minutes later, nice move started with Lawrence Figaro, which saw El Mazzuni play a lovely floated pass out to Theo Archibald out on the right-hand side. Drove into the box. He pulled the ball back across goal. Found the onrushing Paul Smythe. Coolly made no mistake. Banged it into the bottom corner to equalise and make it 1-0. That looked like an easy goal. Like That looked like a training ground exercise to me. Great, great goal. And arguably, the conversation we just had about the goal we've conceded, Swindon will probably be saying the same thing, Absolutely, how easily yeah. like, they've been cut open and, and how poor defending they, they are. But like like you're right, it's just a good team goal. Great move from yeah. the back. Literally starts at Viggs yeah. and it ends up in a great ball from Alan Mazzuni as well. Really happy with that one. So 16th in to the 18th minute. Electric couple of minutes of Paul Smythe pick up the ball in midfield. He glided towards goal. He evaded a few challenges. He got into the box. He fired just wide. Then Theo Archibald did well. He got a cross in from the right, but Charlie Kelman headed just wide at the back post unchallenged. He was there, along with Rob Hunt, who maybe might have done better had he left it. Yeah, two great opportunities for us. and It's just such a shame that we couldn't make it count. And that's just going to be the story of this night, as we all know. It's just, you know, what, what could have, should have been. Yeah. You know, we're playing better here, creating better chances. Um, and we're just not putting them away. So 21 minutes on the clock, El Mazzuni dispossessed Gladwin close to the Swindon box. His shot was more of a cross, and he had another shot a minute later, a bit of a daisy cutter, uh, as we like to say, and, and Brim made a pretty comfortable save. He did good keeper there, Brim. Yeah. 30. Not as good as Vigaru, but yeah. Absolutely not. 38th minute in, good passing move by Swindon. Saw Gladwin shoot wide from just outside that penalty area. Paul Smith drove towards goal in the 40th minute, but his shot was saved by Brin from the corner. The ball came out to Tom James, but his shot from distance went just wide. Yeah, 42nd minute in, George Moncur tested Brin again. He tipped the ball wide for a corner. That came to nothing. And one minute of time was added on. Played out as the teams winning one all. At half time. Yeah, Simon Linden tweeted in and said, The high press of the O's is brilliant. We need to take advantage of this nervous and weak defence of Swindon. Good point there from yeah. Simon. Attendance was announced at 8,524 with 412 making the journey. Yeah, decent yeah. away attendance, decent home crowd as well for a Tuesday night. Tuesday night. night. Yeah, not bad Assuming at they count how many people <laughs> walk through the turnstiles. There were no changes at half time for the O's, so we'll fast forward to the 58th minute. And the first Orient substitution was made as captain Darren Prattley was replaced by Jordan Brown. I think Jordan Brown's proved himself to be an adequate substitute. Like, good squad player. Correct. Could probably get, if Prattley is injured and Clay's injured for whatever reason late on the season, I'd have no qualms about Brown stepping in. Done well so far this season. Jordan Brown, 64th minute in, a wonderful flow move from the O's. Saw Clayton almost deflect the ball into his own net. But Brun again kept the ball out. Yeah, a minute later, second sub for the O's as Royal Saturi replaced Paul Smythe. Yeah, George Moncur tested Brun again in the 69th minute. He saved his effort and a minute later, El Mazzuni was booked 
for a foul on McCurdy. Yeah, I took one for the team there. It was the final sub for the as Harry Smith replaced Charlie Kelman in the 72nd minute and went unbelie- we went unbelievably close in the 75th minute as Theo Archibald found Omar Beckles in the area, but his effort was saved by Bryn and Saturio's follow-up shot deflected wide. So you can tell, unlucky not to be in the lead. Their keeper's making some good saves yeah, and they're getting their bodies the in the way of stuff. 88th minute in, Tom James got a book in as he brung down McCurdy. Yeah, five minutes of time added on, and apart from Harry Smith being fractionally offside in the 92nd minute, there really wasn't much to report, and the referee brought the match to a close with the score at one all, and the O's gaining a point to, on the road to maintain their unbeaten start to the season. Yeah, decent. Richie Welling spoke to Dave Victor after the match. We're obviously not going to play that. Richie, along with the rest of us, said we were totally dominant, so you know, disappointed not to take the points, but I think Swindon's a difficult place to go. So I think probably looking yeah. back might be... To come back with, with a point. point, yeah, and to have played as well as we did, I think there's something positive. I think we've played yeah. better in that game than we have in others and come only come away with a point. And we've yeah. got three points from games where we've not played as well. It's really funny. Uh, we're not going to do league table at this point. It's a bit too early, but we will do it later on. Um, just my very quick views on this. Having seen some of that match that I'd watched, disappointed to have not got all three points. Uh, some great football. We look really solid going forwards. I'm concerned we do look a little bit laps at the uh, at the back at times. It does concern me that we're a little bit fragile, um, and I don't know what what can be done to to sharpen that up. Still not lost in four games. Would have bitten your arm off for that statistic before the season started. Yeah, has remnants of the thirteen fourteen season where we went eight unbeaten. Um, so you never know. You never, know, never get too high with the highs or too low with the lows. <laughs> Very That's sensible. Yeah, Very well, sensible. Justin Edinburgh, the late great Justin Edinburgh said that. Never get, he never got too high with the highs and never got too low with the lows. And that's the one piece of advice I took from him from a footballing perspective that you, you can't because it could, it could change very, very yeah. quickly. Good shout. Me, I think we all would have taken a point in this one beforehand, but it yeah. seems like it was unfortunate not to take all three. I think it shows great character to equal us so quickly which we don't normally do as an Orient team after going behind. And it seemed like El Mazzuni put in another terrific performance, yeah. along with a few others, to be fair. A first goal of the season for Paul Smythe against one of the best sides in the league. So, yeah, came away happy with that one. I would have taken one all pre-match yeah. with that one, so no complaints. Well, after seeing the highlights, you go, their keepers had a bit of a blinder and we should have maybe been a bit more ruthless up top. Yeah, it's just our, fi- our critical thinking in the final third is not, is not quite there. But also, I have to say, credit to El Mazzuni, he has been an absolute revelation in his signing. Absolutely, he's been everywhere. So anyway, a huge amount of feedback uh, came into our social media accounts uh, after this match and just because we read the following... Uh, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. Samuel LOFC 97 kicks off. He says, on another night we win that, but that's football. Still unbeaten, plenty of positives to take. They've definitely pushed the button on the correct midfielder in El Mazzuni. Obviously, quote unquote from Richie Wellens. Yeah, I think we're going to probably end up speaking about El Mazzuni quite a lot. I think another one where we signed him and I think most fans are a bit like, who? Why? Yep. Who's that? But again, so far is delivering the goods and proving all the doubters wrong. So long might that continue. David, mm. and he's also got his own chant already, <coughs> which is Tunisian, great. Yeah. He's Tunisian, which is whoever thought of that to the tune of "She's Electric" by Oasis is a genius because I would never have that as a song to base on. Anyway, David Rickard, eighty, says a decent point as we didn't do enough to win the game. We need to get our heads up at times and pick the right pass. Mm. We're definitely moving in the right direction. 100%. Uh, Derby 507. Is this Orient 
one of the best performances I've seen in recent years. High press in the first half, well organised, and bar the early goal, should have been two or three up. Second half, got the job done, and we could have won. Come on, you O's. Fair yeah, point. Absolutely. Kevlar P18. So first half, we played very well and thought we should have led at the break. Only four games in, though, and missing some big chances. But given time, I think we'll be taking those chances later on in the season. A great effort all round, and bring on Colchester. Yeah, record blew out, said the think it was our best performance I've seen from us this season. Thought Moncur and El Mazzuni were excellent and Beckles was giving me kittens every time he had the ball. Overall, I think we deserved the three points, but a point at Swindon isn't a bad result. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Phil VZ1 said, thought we created enough chances to win and it's pleasing to see the team really beginning to take shape. Always prefer the team with Shad in it. We had Defo looking stronger in midfield with the addition of Idris. Yeah, Sunshine LOFC said, no matter which way you look at the result, it was a very entertaining game of football with many positives to take away from it. Yeah, James DD11 said, ironic, isn't it? The game we dominate is the one that we don't win. All in all, very good performance. Plus, pressing well and creating lots of chances. I can't argue with a point away from home. The pressing game, from what it's been mentioned a few times, in these tweets and I didn't notice that much in the first three games or maybe as much as what I should have and there weren't that many tweets about it in the first three games but it's quite evident off the back of this and I think there's some after the Hartlepool game about the level of press which is really good to see because we've seen many teams play against us and press us all the time and sat there and gone why don't we do that so it's nice to read a few tweets about us Richie Wellens set his stall out fairly early on after he got appointed that that's what he wants from his players and it would have taken the summer for a small transition to get his messages across and to get the right players in you know with Idris El Mazzouni he is chief presser if you like he's everywhere you turn around like he's like your shadow like yeah, you don't want good. him to be and that's kind of obviously what Rich is drummed in like you've got to get it back within five seconds I don't know if that's a trading draw or something but literally it's like he's got like I want it back now yeah. and everyone swarms around and, and, and looks to do that so he's absolutely right it's a really good point there Ian Hutchinson 08 said all in all a good point away from home a few very good individual performances and look very dangerous when going forward in numbers. Early days, but promotion must be priority with this squad. Anyone else fed up with the long throw that we never win the first header? Decent point. Ewan Carter, 24. So now, expectations are rising every game. Good start of 10 points from four games. Last season against Swindon, when we won to one and played 17 minutes with 10 men, Wellen said in this closer look video, he doesn't like players coming to tough places like here and feeling down and having attitude. He's even said lately he's been impressed with the attitude and mentality of the players and staff and it shows now how far we've come. Hopefully, three points at Colchester. Yeah, Mark Ross, 6-3-6-8-9-5-0-9, said, well worth the journey. We found a gem of a midfielder who can play in both halves of the pitch. Play like that and we won't be far off. Yeah, good tweet. Penultimate tweet for Swindon comes from Ed Jones, 1976, who said, best performance so far but only came away with a draw. We dominated 80% of that game. Beckles playing out from the back is giving me nightmares. Hunt doesn't get many mentions, but it's so efficient. Good point there on Hunt. We're going to talk about Hunt a bit later. He on Mizuni and Mont stood out for me. And a great voice from the 412 O's as well. That's the second fan that's picked up on Beckles being playing a out bit from the back. weak spot. Playing yeah. out from the back. I must say, I would prefer Thompson while we're mentioning it. Uh, I would prefer Thompson. I find him a little bit more comfortable in possession. I don't know what it is, but it, it, Beckles does sometimes make me a bit nervous as well. 
Um, but the final word this week goes to Les LK52, who said, I never worry as long as we're creating chances. And 17 shots tonight is impressive. Sooner or later, they'll go in. Also, El Mazzuni and Moncur are a formidable pairing in this league. And if they stay fit and the former can stop getting yellows, I think we'll be top seven minimum. Good there tweet there to end it. So Carol Langley's Flores Prediction League update. So Carol Langley sponsored the Prediction League and our Hero of the Week slash Fortnite. They're an established based business in Chinkford. They specialise in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world. From a simple thank you to tailored wedding or event packages, they are here to help. So to get in touch with the team, you can get in contact on the phone 0208 529-4130 or they're on social media you can find them at Carol Langley E4 or at Essex Biz on Twitter they're also on Instagram and the Carol Langley Florist and you can find them at Facebook at Carol Langley Florist and just heads up they offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff and if you're getting married or got a bar mitzvah that is going to be one hell of a saving so get in contact with John and the team, we had loads of correct predictions for this one. Uh, lots of you got three points. There was Ian Hutchinson in 08, Dave Brew, 4797-6911, Steve Chaplin, 4, Wings Mad, and Joe Pavitt, who took maximum four points, getting one all, and the score is extra well kudos done. to you. Mm. We will be doing a Prediction League update at the end of this very podcast. Yeah, there was nothing to report on Wednesday the 17th of August. Yeah, on Thursday 18th of August, nothing to mention on the pitch, but George Moncur did turn 29 praise the Lord George 29 and looking great on it so we hope you had a wonderful birthday Friday the 19th of August Jeff Tatanga joined Southern Premier side Royston Town on loan for a minimum of 28 days and for those who don't know Orient legend Steve Castle is the manager there so we wish you all the best with your loan spell there Jeff yeah absolutely so let's move on to Saturday 20th of August in another big big main event Colchester United away and before the game we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on this one. We had 271 votes and you, you voted as follows with 9% thinking we'd lose, 16% thinking we'd draw and a whopping 75% thinking the O's would get a win in this one. And thanks to everyone who voted in this Twitter poll. Absolutely. So at 2 o'clock the team was announced. Lawrence Vigaru in goal. James Beckles, Happy Hunt with your back four. Uh, El Mazzuni, Prattley, Moncur uh, with the midfield. and Archibald, Smythe and Kelman. Up front, Sergeant Sweeney, Ogie, Thompson, Brown, Smith and Satori were named on the substitutes bench. They certainly were. So that starting 11 saw Richie Williams make one change from the side that started midweek against Swindon as Dan Happy came back in place of Shadow who dropped to the bench and Colchester named an untrained side from their midweek uh, win against Bradford. However, in the warm-up, Harry Smith was injured. He pulled out from the bench, so Zeko Biero placed alongside the rest of the subs on the bench. Your views on the lineup against Colchester? Happy with that. I thought it was a fairly decent bench, although looking at it now, you've got three defenders and three attackers. So, you know, you've got no, well, three three, you've got Jordan Brown in there yeah. as well. But um, yeah, fairly balanced, fairly strong. Quite yeah. happy with that. No complaints from me. I think like Happy's back in vogue again, back yeah. in fashion. So yeah. it's now his shirt to lose as opposed to Ogie's to lose, which, yeah. you know, he's earned that right with him. Right call for me, keeping with the front three. I think, you know, you could Absolutely. be looking at Colchester way going. Well, Smith's a bit of a bigger player, might be tougher to play against, but I think Kelman now has earned his place already based on the performances yeah. up to this point that he should be starting now. I also can't help but think that Richie Wellens has the mindset of 
rather than nullifying everything that the opposition do is focusing on our strengths and putting the strongest side out. You know, some managers like to tinker with their teams to nullify big threats in other teams, but I think actually more teams would probably be worried about us and therefore we can just go about how we want to play. Yeah, I agree. We had a few tweets when the lineup was announced. Again, we'll only mention a viewing cup of this game fairly briefly. Orient Sphinx said, I prefer Ogie to Happy, but he's kept three clean sheets and was rested. So fair play to Richie for bringing him back after conceding in midweek. Shad will have to be patient. Yeah, Alexander J. Rose 1 said, Wellens is very unsure about his best centre-back pairing. Good thing we have options. Will be nice to see Drinnen on the bench soon and could do with another midfielder still, but we're getting there. Yep, so the match got underway in a warm and sunny part of Essex and it was our opponents who created the first chance which we didn't deal with a corner. Coke struck a low shot, but Vigoru was down very quickly, on hand, low, made a decent save as he palmed the ball away. Big save that. Very big save, yeah. Uh, Game-changing, really. A minute later, Colchester caught us playing out from the back, and that, thankfully, went unpunished. 16th minute in, we took the lead. As Omar Beckles passed to Paul Smythe from midfield, he turned superbly, found for Archibald, out on the right, who beautifully fed him through on goal, and Smith's low cross was turned into his own net by the on-rushing chambers, and it was 1-0 to the Orient. Happy that. Some luck there, you could argue, yeah. because he kicks it into his own net. However... Kelman's right behind Chain and yeah. waiting to pounce on him. Lovely build up, great ball from Archibald back into the path. Yeah, beautiful perfect. ball. Great link up play. You Brilliant. can tell they're singing from the same hymn sheet here and the and the connection that they have. They know where they're going to be, they know where they want the ball. It's absolutely brilliant. Really good, well worked goal. Uh, fast forward then to the 36th minute. Charlie Kelman fired over the bar after some neat link up play again with Theo Archibald. Yeah, lo- love to see it. That basically wraps up the first half. Not much to talk about. The O's winning at the break with a 1 0 lead. Yeah, so uh, attendance for the away end was 1,336, and for some reason they were split across two different stands. Yeah. No idea why. Never makes sense that. Yeah. So, don't know the full attendance for that one, but a great turnout from the travelling away fans. No changes for the O's at half time. Four minutes into the half, cross from the right found Sears. He had space and time in that box. He got his footing all wrong and the chance came to nothing. So again, a bit lucky again in the Fortune. big moments against us. We're having Absolutely. a luck at the moment. Better teams will punish us. The O's had a couple of chances just before the hour mark but weren't taken. And on the hour mark, Dan Happy made a timely intervention and managed to play Charlie Kelman in, but he couldn't shake off his defender. 65th minute, ex-Orient Loney Frank Nube. I didn't have a clue Frank Nube was still at Colchester and playing in their starting eleven. So good to see him actually getting some football and playing. He had a shot that was blocked. We went straight up the other end of the pitch and Theo's shot was saved in the Colchester goal by Hornby. Yeah, Nuble headed over from a corner in the 68th minute and two minutes later, Tom James made way for Adam Thompson and was booked for time-wasting in the process. <laughs> See, I, I can't bear that kind of yellow card. Like That never sits right with me. Well, I think we mentioned James got a booking <laughs> against Swindon. He's got a booking against Colchester, so they start, start adding up if Absolutely. you keep getting silly little And ones. before you realise it, he's suspended. He's out for a game, yeah, yeah. good point. Seventh Still second minute, and Darren Prattley almost made it to him. He was a whisk away, but his shot again, well saved by Hornby. Yeah, if you're going to get booked, at least make it worthwhile. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 76 minutes, second Orient sub, Jordan Brown replaced Darren Prattley. Yeah, it's a minute later then, the O's made it 2-0. It was Theo Archibald got the goal. Paul Smith got the ball out wide, drove into the box. Lovely footwork from Paul. He crossed the ball, went across the face of goal. Theo Archibald was on rushing onto it, smashed it home, straight past Hornby. 2-0, job done. Theo gets his first goal of the season. Lovely run from Smythe. I think returning the favour from mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. I think that was a great run from Paul Smythe. Showing you 
what he can do, the damage mm. he can do when he's out wide. And it's no, also, no one's going to stop him from doing that. No, and it's also good that they're not selfish, that they're not ball greedy, they're not just all about them, that individual scoring the goal. You know, it's not one individual bigger than the whole team. They're all playing for each other. And to get that sort of harmony is really difficult, yeah. particularly when you've got so many attacking players on the pitch that they all want to score goals because that's what their natural drive is. Um, so the fact that it's working so well is is really not to be underestimated. Yeah, uh, that team cohesion, as we saw how badly, how pear-shaped that can go in the second half of last season with, with Kenny Jackett. Yeah. Um, 82 minutes then final Orient Sub as Ruel play, replaced Paul Smythe yeah 84th minute Jordan Brown tried a spectacular shot from around 30 yards out that went just wide so Jordan Brown coming very close to getting his first goal this season yeah, but not to be far off it there 88 minutes somehow Rob Hunt managed to clear the ball off the line after Freddie Sears was played in loop, uh, and Sears had looped the ball over Viggs and had headed it goalwards now for me I think we've been let off there because that looked like that was really well, over I the think line. You got, I think we, I think you have goal line technology in League Two, so you don't. No. Oh, I thought we did. I thought that was an amazing clearance. No. Fair play. I thought it, it was. It really looked like it was quite. It was like well over the line, not just by like the finest of margins. To me, if you look at a still of that and taking into account the trajectory, well, not that I'm a physicist or anything, but if you look at it, that really looked like they should have had that goal. Well, good. Great to see. bit of luck. Oh. Amazing we'll anticipation from Hunt. Yeah, Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Clever player. And to rub salt into the wound in 90 minutes, game, set and match, as Charlie Kelman added a third. He received the ball from a throw-in, turned his man simply, drove towards goal, shot, beat the keeper at the far post to leave the away fans going delirious and Kelman gets his second of the season. Mm, great goal. Took really well. good goal. Yeah, he's a real sharp shooter, isn't he? I enjoyed that goal because he shows lots of attributes to his game there. Strength to hold of the defender pace and cleverness to turn him and when he gets into the position we've seen right strikers smash him over the bar put him wide yeah. composure just whacking at the yeah. far post Agreed. love it great goal there very good goal uh, 90 plus one minute uh, Nuble had the ball in the net but it was ruled out however Colchester did pull a goal back and moments later as Noah Chilvers headed in a consolation goal yeah I think the team will be very disappointed not to keep a clean, clean sheet. sheet decent yeah. header there from Chilvers but again we're not going <coughs> to cover that because you know don't need to so no further talking points ref brought the match to a close with the O's winning the game 3-1 taking all three points back to E10 and beating Colchester for the first time, believe it or not, in eight league games. So lovely to put one over Colchester. Hope uh, it happens rivals. many more times. Absolutely. Richie Wellens' interview is on the club's YouTube channel. Just a quick snippet of what he said. He said, I'm not concentrating on the result. I'm actually concentrating on the performance. And I'm actually a little bit disappointed. Good quote there. It's driving him hard. He could come out after that game, winning 3-1 and saying, brilliant, another three points, smashing it, top yeah. of the league. Yeah. Comes out actually criticises him a little bit to try and get him to keep luck. the level up because yeah, without, like without the luck we would have potentially drawn or lost that game we wouldn't be standing where we are so that's all fair enough so it's time to do our first league table roundup of the season so we gave it five games and now we have to mention it at this point of the season we played five I think we'd won four drawn one lost none goal difference of six 13 points as the O's after this one gladly and happily sat top of the league. Your views on Colchester, Bearded Lejande? A win is always great. It's even better when it's against your local rivals. A convincing win in the end, as it turned out. Performance that created a lot of chances, akin to sw- to the Swindon yeah. game. Thankfully, three went in, albeit one being an own goal. As Theo said, post-match, they're still not the finished article, which to me sounds really promising, and we've been very creative, and our work rate is excellent. All in all, a very happy O. 
always good for to you. hear that. Yeah, I had a good feeling going into this one. I didn't think we'd lose this one. I thought we'd win it. But again, I've been I've been quietly confident mm. before the season because you just look at players like Smythe, Moncur, Archibald, and go against these lower teams who haven't really done much in the transfer market. They should be spanking them, which yeah. doesn't always happen. Yeah. But I was quite confident going into this one. I think it's nice now because when it's starting to get some big headaches with the whole squad now as a whole. Kelman, I just want to mention Kelman after Hartlepool, but Kelman's making that centre-forward shirt his own now. Yeah. Drianer is going, is, ain't coming back into that team. No. Nope. At all. Just like Harry's You've got Dan Happy doing the same. And when Craig Clay comes back in, who are you dropping? I don't think... You can, ain't going to drop Moncur. You ain't dropping Idris. And Pratty at the moment doesn't deserve to be dropped. He's got some mm. nice little headaches happening now. From it's what you want, Four though. weeks ago, fans tweeting us pre-season going... Squad isn't where it needs to be. Haven't got the depth. You look at it now. You go. The bench is looking better. You got Saturio as well. Thompson as well. Mm. Saturio can't get in. It's decent. It's yeah. Decent. They're not getting much game time. It's good if you know if you put in one poor performance, you're going to be out for the next game, and someone's going to have to come in and take your place. So, yeah, but, really happy to see that. I think my only worry is we've got to make sure we don't get complacent. Have a watching Rishi's interview post match. I don't think we will because he doesn't come across as a manager who would ever. Let that happen, i.e. we've won 3-1 and he's still criticising the team. Not criticising, but constructively saying we, we should actually beat him 4-1, 5-1. It should have been better. His high standards. So, yeah, love to see it. Love to see it. So I was very happy on my sunbed watching mm. and monitoring all the tweets coming uh, as they did. We had quite a few after this one. We'll mention a few. Ian, David, one, two, three, four. So the wonderful afternoon absolute solid performance always so good to beat Colchester amazing atmosphere every player appeared to put in 100% for the whole 90 minutes keeping up that work rate we are going to be a difficult team to beat SR Barber 1986 had another solid professional win against again defensively we need to cut out those unnecessary passes around the bat that lead, that lead to mistakes Going forward, I think we have so much more to come, which is a great sign. In Wellens, we trust. Boats, he said, what a fantastic result and performance. Can you imagine what we will be like once we're in top gear? Richie's got someone special going on with everyone pulling in the right direction. This could be a really special season. I'm so proud to be an O's fan. Yeah, you can tell the theme of these tweets. Conway underscore Nigel continues it. said, we could could be very frightening for this league if we start playing really well. Guy1, NCOG, N1T0 said, I love how Richie isn't easily pleased. Comfortable win. He wants more and thinks we should have kicked seven. Dr. Three... Uh, no, that's meant to be Drew Yellup, isn't it? With a three in there. Sorry, Drew. Uh, unbelievable result. Could have been more clinical, but three goals is not something to complain about. Up the O's. Absolutely. All right, boy. It's a great result and performance. I think we're still not firing on all cylinders yet. Feels as if in second and third gear at times. Easily good enough to beat Colchester. So shows potential to come. Only negative. Need to cut out the city bookings. So they yeah. will add up. Yeah, it's true. PM3. That's exactly that's another that's recurring thing. Yeah. yeah, three PM three one nine seven zero. So good win against the team. I think we'll be in a relegation scrap. Didn't play as well as Tuesday, but if you can still win these games, that is all good. Richie will be disappointed with the goal conceded. Dave Brew four seven nine seven six nine one one said I thought Darren Prattley was fantastic. Good to be a bit more clinical with the second and third goals. Viggs was mightily peed off with conceding a late on. Great three points, top of the league. Life being an O couldn't be better. Uh, Safe Hand zero zero said, "Seriously exciting times. We have so many game changers. El Miz could be huge for us. I feel like we'll go up with ease if we can keep it tight at the back. But we all know it's a long season. Richie Wellens has done work, done everything right so far. He certainly has. Painting Orient. So El Miz has adapted so well 
and so quickly, typifying the team ethic. Colchester did not have an answer for Theo's explosive bursts and a sign of a good striker in Kelman is not giving up, keeping on having a go and getting his goal. Absolutely right. Ben Porter, CT, said, I can't lie that I was a little gutted as I predicted 3-0 today. I just can't believe we're winning so easily and we have so much room to improve. Getting very excited for this season. Yeah, Linda Brogan said, so pleased for Theo to finally find a back of the net. He's been due that for the last few games and now he's broken the seal. I reckon we'll get a fair few more from him this season. Go Theo. Yeah, Miller President said, a game of two halves. The first half was evens but could have been so different if Vigrou hadn't made a spectacular save and we'd have been one down. Second half, we were the dominant side and cruised. A good win at what's not been a happy hunting ground. Top of the league. Yeah, I mean, four months ago, we were all you know delighted. We got a last-minute equaliser there in the pouring rain. But Ethan Coleman scored. Just That's right. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah. Funny how quickly things change. What Final change. word for this one goes to Leighton Laureate, who said, hate to jinx it, but we've got something special brewing it out of FC. The squad looks strong at all positions. Kudos to Wellens and the board for that. Important work being done away from the pitch too. To build up the club, let's keep the good vibes going. Absolutely. So, Carol Langley, Flores Prediction League update. Brad won Malloy, Parksy1881. Happy birthday for the other day, mate. Kevin Cowlin and Rizzo Capasso uh, underscore one. Well done, you guys. You all correctly predicted 3 1, so you all got three points. Pat Orion, uh, 1965, 80, 1881. Simon Linden, East 1975. David Rose, 88. And Jeff Cole. Well done to you guys. You all correctly predicted the 3 1 score and a scorer, but extra special props go to Derby 507, Steve Chaplin 4, Ben Whitlock 13, who pre- predicted the correct score and two scorers. So you got five points. We'll do a top of the table roundup later. Yeah, some big wow. points being ordered there. That's massive. No one took the maximum six, but five is very, very five easy is a to good get. second. And Kevin Cowlin tweeting us and saying you didn't give me my goal scorer. <coughs> saying it, and I was like, you didn't, you didn't have a goal scorer. I'm going, oh yeah, sorry, that's my prediction from from Tuesday. <laughs> it made me laugh. So maybe next time, Kev, pull the wall over our eyes, keep yourself going. an extra point. Nice try. <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> the twenty first of August, in quiet day at the club. No news to report. But on Monday the 22nd of August, Darren Prattley was named in the Football League Papers League 2 Team of the Weekend. Yeah, well done Prattzinho. Lovely to see that. I mm. mean, you know, Prattley kind of goes under the radar because he's yeah. not like Moncur taking your free kicks or scoring your penalties. He's not, you know, getting the praise that Elmiz is getting, but obviously being very effective in the middle there. Mm. Tuesday the 23rd of August in the Academy Team Win Youth Alliance Cup action. They played Plymouth Argyle. Sadly, they lost the game 3-0. So unlucky there to the young O's. Yeah, the club announced also that former uh, Orient midfielder Charlie Lee is back at the club at the club as he's taken up the youth development phase lead coach role in the academy that was vacated by Alex Lawless recently, who took up a role at Luton Town. So welcome back. Charlie Lee. Yeah, good to see him back at yeah. the club. Best of luck to Alex Lawless there at Luton. Absolutely. Championship club flying, doing really well there. So mm. Wednesday the 24th of August and two birthdays at the club. Happy birthday to Rob Saturiu and to young keeper Reese Byrne. Yeah, the, a squad team took on Charlton's under-23s, managed by former Orient assistant head coach Danny Sender. Uh, this team lined up with Sergeant in goal, Wood, Ogie, Thompson, Sweeney, Brown, Georgiou, Young, Obiero, Smith and Sotiriou with substitutes with Quachi, Holden, 
Davies and a trialist. Interestingly, haven't even mentioned Georgiou. I was just going to say that, yeah, considering he had a, gr- a pretty good pre-season. pre-season. He's got some he looked pretty quite good dangerous. goals. dangerous. He's not been he's able... Not on the bench. He's not been able to break in again and showing the, the strength and depth now, I guess, of the squad. Not going to go into much detail on this other to say that Orient won the game 4-1. Goals from Anthony Georgiou. Yeah. yeah. You know, he knows where the net is. Harry Smith. Now, the club did put that goal on uh, their Twitter feed. That was a good goal. Banger. Great yeah. smack into they the did, top They did top the highlights of, of the yeah. goals. Yeah. Top bins from Harry Smith there. Zeko Biero, good seeing get a goal. And also an own goal. Yeah, own goal. Good. Yeah, I mean, that's a good squad team. Look at that squad team. There's decent players in there who yeah. aren't getting first team football at the moment. Several so of them good enough to, to be in the, in the first team yeah. uh, on a different day. Yeah, importantly, it was, uh, forget the scoreline, it was just important for players to get Keep them sharp. minutes in the legs. Yeah. Nothing to report on Thursday, uh, the 25th, or Friday, the 26th of August. So we move on to Saturday, the 27th. Yeah, absolutely. Unsurprisingly, in the morning, the club announced that the winner of the goal of the month for July was Tom James for his wonder strike against Grimsby. Like, it was going to be anyone else ever, but well done, Tom. Yeah, the young O's were in league action away at Northampton Town in a game that finished goalless nil-nil. Yeah, not bad at all. So the main event on Saturday, as you all know, was Hartlepool United at home. Once again, we took this to Twitter to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. 317 votes in this one. Not bad at all, with a humongous 87% thinking that Orient would win, 7% thinking we draw and 6% lose, 87% think we win. Unbelievable, as always. Times have changed. Thanks to everyone who voted in that one. Yeah, team was announced at 2 o'clock. Vigoru in goal, James Beckles, Happy Hunt, with El Mazzuni, Prattley, Moncur, Smith, Archibald and Kelman. Uh, substitutes for this were Sergeant, Ogie, Thompson, Brown, Clay, Smith and Soterio. Yeah, that meant that team was unchanged from the starting eleven that beat Colchester the previous week your view on that one very happy with this like I've said it plenty of times before no need to change a win inside I think that's probably for me our strongest 11 I can't I know Drynan's not in it I know Ogre's not in it I know you like Thompson over Beckles that for me is the 11 who I think Mm. keep them fit I think that's the 11 who leads you to the top three Mm. yeah I absolutely believe that so uh, Jason Kilby six tweeted us before the game we had a few tweets kept it short sweet said solid our bench now starting to look strong as well. Yeah, Len Chin Chin One said, same team as played Colchester, so are really up for it. Think a win should result, uh, should be the result, but teams lower down the league will come here to win. Pressure from the start and no silly slip-ups, please. Be more clinical in front of goal and organised in set pieces. Come on, you O's. Kavash 68 said, looks like a winning team, but I thought Anthony Georgiou would have made the bench. I thought he was our best player in pre-season. Not, even, like on the, just mentioned, not even on the bench. The thing who, is, though, who, if you put him in the if you put him in the bench, who would you take out? Brown or Clay? Yeah. Well, headaches for which one is to have. Or, or or Thompson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Peter Foreman uh, too said, "Looks like a promotion team, and just as importantly, a promotion bench." Love it. Great tweet there. So the match got underway in a warm and sunny E10 as the O's were looking to build on their best league start in seven years against the Hartlepool team. Yet to win the season under their new manager, Paul Hartley. We won a corner straight away thanks to some industrious attacking play from Charlie Kelman. But that corner came to nothing. Yeah, inside two minutes, Charlie Kelman beat Murray with his pace and was brought down. The referee pointed to the penalty oh, spot. Well, I think everyone has seen we this guy now. This, Starts they? pulling him before the area. I think the contact was still there in the area, Correct. but Kelman plays it perfectly. Yeah. Slides down in the area, ref points to the spot. You'd be disappointed as a Hartlepool fan to it, given as an Orient fan, I'm going to go penalty all day long. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you. We, again, Lady Luck seems to be on our side, so we need to ride that as much as we can. But upstep George Wonka, uh, he smashed his penalty into the net, past Killip, who guessed the right way and put her in 1-0 ahead to give us the dream start. That is on our social media channels, that video. Good penalty. Yeah. Keeper was unlucky there. Keeper guessed right. It's just the pace on the ball Correct. beats him. But yeah. You know, maybe a better keeper already got that. But I like Monker. Always, <coughs> excuse me, always confident when he steps up to take a penalty. Mm-hmm. He's only set up for two. But I'm always confident in his ability from free kicks as well, not just penalties. <coughs> that when he's going to step up, he's going to make the keeper work to save it, which is yeah. always what you want. Yeah, so if 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 the if the keeper saves it, that's just bad luck. Uh, that's just well done on the keeper. But you know, if he's going to guess the right way, you just need to make sure the ball's travelling faster than him. Absolutely. Uh, Killit was a bit of a pantomime villain uh, as well, being you know giving it a bit and he's good being keeper. It, so. I think he's a good keeper. I've seen him. Obviously, most of those fans probably like me watch the football league show. He keeps Hartlepool in a hell of a lot of games. I think he'll end up leaving Hartlepool to a bigger club at some point. Mm. The O's did well in possession in the 10th minute. Paul Smythe was fed the ball, turned, got his shot off that went just wide. Yes, sloppy passing in the 19th minute from the O's. Saw Hasty having Hartlepool's first shot at goal, but his effort went wide. Yeah, 21 minutes on the clock. And what started out as a more sloppy passing from Orient saw Hartlepool have a shot that Rob Hunt blocked, which turned into a great counter-attack for us as Paul Smythe shimmied and passed to Charlie Kalman on the left. He rode the challenge of two players and fired a fierce shot at goal that forced Killip into a good save, and Omar Beckles headed just wide from the resulting corner. Good run there from Kelman. That's a sign of a confident striker. He's willing to, you know, running at the defence, going past players, and he's shot, not even thinking about it, just smacking it. You know, apart from Killip, that was going top bin. So, controversial moment, and just after the half-hour mark, as Killip's clearance hit Paul Smythe, ball was goal-bound. Smythe appeared to be bundled over as he tried to make sure the ball was going in. However, no penalty given in this one. More more blatant a penalty than the than the Kelman's oh. one earlier. I mean, that's <laughs> obviously it levels itself out, right? If you didn't get that, see, I wouldn't have been annoyed if we'd have got a free kick for the Kelman one on the edge of the box. I wouldn't have been annoyed at that because I thought, arguably, that might, have, you know, that was probably a fairer thing. Um, I mean, sod it, like we won a penalty, like yeah, of we're winning, so that's all I care about. But on the balance of play, that was a blatant penalty that he didn't get. Didn't bundled it. over by the defender very, very clearly. How he's not given that as a penalty, I'll never know. And that very costly. Shortly after, Hartlepool equalises. Hastings got in across, missed by Mera. Ball came to McDonald. Seemed to dance around our central defence in the box. Fired low pass Vigoru from close range. Stunned the home fans and make it one all. So, thinking a bit about poor defending in this one. I think, actually, I think the defence are a bit side footed by Mera fans to control the ball which kind of goes under his foot I think like Donald does quite well actually like beats two men fairly easily and comes mm-hmm. it into the bottom corner and that's Again, the problem he beats them fairly well, easily if you're an Orient fan you go poor defending and if you're a Hartlepool fan you go he takes it excellently yeah, yeah. But, you can see Paul, Sm- Paul Smythe doing that yeah oh million percent but disappointing given but I'd also the, add the game so I'd also add to that it was Dan Happy who either misjudged <clears throat> the flight of the ball or ducked right okay Initially, so if if he either judges it better or doesn't duck, I'm not sure which way round it worked. Um, then that situation doesn't happen. So again, it's about critical thinking when it really yeah. in in both boxes it really matters. So again, you know, stand up, don't die, don't go to ground, stand them up, stand the shot away, usher them away, kind of thing. We just don't do that. Fair shout. Uh, we go diving in, and the guy turns them and bum bum bum, and before you know, it, it's in the back of the net. Uh, 37 minutes on the clock, we weren't level for long as a neat counter-attack saw Charlie Kelman pass through to Theo Archibald. He played Kelman back into the box with a sublime pass 
he made no mistake and rocketed his shot past Killip to make it 2-1 to Oren. That's his third goal of the season. He will be a leading scorer in this league. Blatantly, yeah. Just took it really well. Again, I didn't expect the shot to go... Spoke about confidence of him with that run where Killip makes a save. Doesn't even think about it again. Just laces through it, smash past Killip. He probably isn't expecting it. Great yeah. goal and, you know, one of Kelman's biggest fans sitting here. No surprise for me. Yeah, finish. absolutely. Uh, Paul Smythe went into the referee's book in the 40th minute. Again, another book in. So four mm. minutes of additional time played out. Another controversial refereeing decision in added time. Omar Beckles and Josh Romero tussled for the ball. Beckles appeared to be having words with Romero and it looked like he was struck by Romero who has only shown a yellow card. No further talking points this one. Half-time whistle went the O's at 2-1 ahead. That's on the extended highlights. You can see that very clearly. He seems to strike... Beckles really? in the face. Yeah, okay, he strikes him quite clearly on the face. Obviously, the referee may not have been looking at that point, but you know, and and he could argue that Beckles is over act overreacting on it. But I don't think Omar is. If you can see, he doesn't go down and like roll around. It's like he goes down, clutching his face. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I think Josh Amira can count himself. Very, very lucky that that was only a yellow card. Yeah. Uh, attendance for this one was 6,634 with 249 away. I mean, I've got to say, didn't look like that many people in the away end. It didn't yeah. look like that many people in the home end um, either, to be honest. But we played really, really well this half. Really, really well. And our ball retention has been fantastic. Uh, the percent, the possession percentage was like 60 or 70% at one point. It's just unbelievable. We are making them work really, really hard. But also, they're defending quite resolutely. I know they're 2-1 down, but yeah, they're, they're, it, it could, could be a bit of cricket score. Yeah, great to see. A few tweets at half-time. We'll mention the one that came in from Orient. It is. We said, pleased to be winning at half-time. But the game has really been flat so far. Hartlepool set to snuff out any threat and hit us on a break, mistake or a set-piece. Even after the penalty, they've done the same. We need a third to kill them off and put them to the sword. Yeah, no changes for Orient at half-time as we got the second half underway. We did. Three minutes into the second half, we extended our lead to make it 3-1 after Vigoru caught a cross slash shot. His kick out early went to Archibald. He brought the ball down. He found Paul Smith with a neat through ball. Paul Smith turned his man, made space for a shot, which Kidip saved, but the ball came straight back out to Smythe, who literally, close range, net in front of him, tapped it in to make it 3-1. We can't really do that goal the justice it deserves with how we've read that out. So you really do need to see that goal because <laughs> that is a really good goal. Again, Vigarou starting the attack. We talked about that in, in I think, the Colchester or the Swindon yeah. game. You know, it's really important. We haven't had a goalkeeper in recent time that I can remember that really does kind of get you on the front foot, like makes the catch, makes the save, and immediately distributes out. It's so understated how weapon. important that is it's a fantastic weapon it's as good as a decent free kick it's almost as good as a penalty and it's as good as a decent Tom James long throw uh, in my book because we've countered straight away from, from a goal kick yeah unbelievable see. good to yeah. see Smythe get another goal uh, this season yeah. and I think I might be wrong I don't think I've seen Smythe score in the south stand end I think all his goals so far apart from Charlton and the Papa Johns that no one cares about from last season um, <laughs> yeah. have all been in the north stand so okay. it's nice to see him do the uh, the old flippy flop, whatever he calls it, in front of the uh, South Stand. Yeah. But don't break your hamstrings, poor mate. I'd, well, I'd much rather I'd much rather perform him, just, prefer him just to literally just go take a bow or something or do a <laughs> something less uh, yeah, acrobatic. Absolutely. So three one to the O's. Love to see on the hour mark. Good forward ball by Dan Happy was picked up by Kilman. He drove into the box. He tried to square it to Smythe. He was too late, 
and the opportunity was gone. Yeah, a minute later, long throw from Tom James saw the ball come out to Charlie Kelvin, who fired a low cross to the near post. Um, but, uh, no, I, I don't know who it was. Couldn't get there before. <laughs> I think Smith couldn't get there before. It was an autocorrect error there. 67th minute in Hartlepool, what awarded a penalty after Elmi's Bought down Crawford in the box. I think we can say that one was pretty much no-brainer as well. It's that was a penalty. Apart from Elmis though, because Elmis gives the ball away in the build-up to it, maybe tries a bit too hard to get the ball back. Yeah. Sees the penalty. You so can't go sliding in un- in the box. Uncharacteristic of that mm. one. From yeah, what we've seen so far, you can't do that in the box. Like because all the guys got to do is feel a little bit of contact, and he's down. Absolutely, yeah, so, of Silly. Uh, there was a handball in the build-up to that that wasn't given. There was also, uh, just before that that run of play, Archibald was fouled in the centre circle, yeah. no foul given. But yet a short while later, he gives a foul for a slightly lesser, more innocuous challenge yeah. that went. So the, the lack of consistency in refereeing is what really irritates everybody in football, fans and and. And yeah, players and I, stuff. I think I think that always will. And El Mizuni shouldn't be making that sort of pass on it. So Romero stepped up, buried his powerful penalty past Vigru. Good penalty to be fair. Vigru went the right yeah. way again. Like Moncler is just too powerful for the keeper to stop it. So now it's three to Orient. 69th minute. In. First O's Sabas Fio Archibald. He was replaced by Rosa Tibio. Yeah, Killip made an outstanding point blank save from Paul Smith's effort in the 71st minute following a long throw in from Tom James. Yeah, two minutes later, then 73rd minute game set and match. Fourth goal for the O's as Paul Smythe put in a beautiful cross from the right. Charlie Kelman headed the ball back into the danger zone where Rosa Tibio was lurking. He got his body shape right and his shot bounced past Killip to make it 4 2. At that point, you're thinking this is done now. Mm-hmm. Good to see Rosa Tibio. On the score sheet, I guess he's gone under mm-hmm. the radar with Kelman being so prolific and mm-hmm. obviously he's not getting anywhere near yeah, the amount of minutes that he would mm-hmm. like. But good to see that when he's on it, he's getting he's being effective by getting that goal. It's nice to see we're all there to get that. I remember sitting there watching this unfold because it happened at the South Stand. Yeah. And I just remember, I was like, please, Ruel, just get your foot over that ball. And I could see it bouncing up and I was just like, please... Make sure you adjust your body to get it. Otherwise, you're just going to rosehead this and you're going to miss a great opportunity. And he did absolutely everything perfectly <laughs> right. So I couldn't be happier for him. You're right, he deserves that goal. He's giving Richie a massive headache. Like, he's Good. obviously not going to take Charlie off no. for the next game. Or maybe he will. He will may he may rest Charlie in the Papa John's. Oh, Papa John. It, whatever Kelman, trophy it Kelman is. ain't playing. I guess we'll come to the Papa John. Kelman ain't playing in that game, I don't think. I, I'd be very surprised if he did. It would be a good opportunity for the... It'll be for the fringe players and, and, and yeah. for those first choice to be on the bench. Yeah. Um, so let's move on then. 75 minutes on and George Moncur was replaced by Jordan Brown uh, in our second sub and Darren Prattley was replaced by Craig Clay. Yeah, 78 minutes. Then Rob Hunt went into the book. He conceded a foul in the centre circle. An 84th minute Orient sub as Paul Smythe was replaced by Harry Smith. Yeah, yellow card for Ruel for a foul in the 89th minute. I mean, we're, we're picking these up like no one's business at the yeah, moment. Yeah, we are. Six minutes of added times played. Nothing further to report. Referee brought the match to a close as the O's ran out 4-2 winners in this one to take the points, making it five wins from six as rocking all over the world was blared out over Brisbane Road. Things you love to hear at 4.50 on a Saturday afternoon. Absolutely right. Yeah, Richie Welland said some of our football was exciting. We scored four, but could have scored a lot more. His interview, his full interview is, again, on the club's YouTube channel. Brilliant interview with Dave uh, as well. Five minutes long, well worth a listen uh, to that one. Yeah, thank you, Dave, as always, for sending your interviews over into yeah. us or an Outlook 
podcast towers. So league table in, played six, won five, drawn one, <coughs> lost none. Goal difference of plus eight, 16 points. And Leighton Orient, we're top of the league. Yeah. Lovely to say it. Mr. Bidi Lajande, three games in this episode. Your views on this one? Yeah, we were superb today. Our ball retention and winning the ball back was absolutely fantastic. We haven't mentioned it but uh, because I couldn't remember exactly when it happened, but there was a point where their man picked the ball up just around the, our technical area, like on the halfway line area, and before he had time to do anything, he had four, maybe five players around him, and we won the ball back. So clearly there is something in the high press and, and the winning Good. the ball back quickly, something we've not been privileged to see um, from, from yeah. the Orient sides in the past. Dubious defending for their goal, but otherwise Vigru had little or nothing to do all game really. We let them up, we let them get a foot back into the game, and I kind of feel, you know, at three two, we're sitting there thinking we could draw or lose this, and we shouldn't. This is a game where we should be miles ahead, but actually it's a lot closer than it actually should be, um, given the possession levels that we. I think we had like sixty eight percent possession or something ridiculous. Um, everyone seems to be in sync they know where they're going to be they know when to play the ball it's absolutely a joy to watch at times Kelman and Smith in particular were absolutely were absolutely dangerous at times absolutely brilliant to watch um, and just out of interest do the club now count the amount of tickets sold for their attendance figures rather than the amount of people who go through the turnstiles because to me, it really didn't look like there were 6,600 okay. fans there. Much the same as they didn't look like there was over 8,000 to watch Grimsby. And I know a lot of tickets might have been sold at a five or a pot, but you know that's only um, six or 700 short of our capacity. And it looked like there was more than six or 700 seats for the, for the Grimsby game. But just as an example, I could be completely wrong, and there may well be, have been 6-6, six, six, but yeah, yeah. I've been going to watch Orient a long time, and I know what... We we roughly guess how many people there are going to be there. Like each match didn't look like over six and a half to me. Okay, but all in all, we're top of the league. Six games in, scoring has been distributed. Goal goal scoring is distributed amongst a group of players. Yeah, you know, I think Theo probably is itching to get on that score sheet as well. Moncur's already on it. Idris. He's more your combative midfielder that wins the ball back, so I'm not expecting that there. Good to see Craig Clay back as well, getting some minutes. Jordan Brown did well as well. But yeah, it, it's good. We're not relying on like a Danny Johnson, for example. Do you know what I mean? Who yeah. is, happens to be, I think, second in the scoring charts at the moment with six goals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, also falling off a cliff a little bit. Uh, which, But he's he's still second highest scorer in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, for me, I think go. it sounded like an entertaining game. I think, again, it shows the strength of the attack. Four past Hartlepool, three past Colchester. Should have put more past Swindon. Um, so, <clears> loving that. I think we've spoken about Kelman earlier, but I think he's going to be a big, big player. Uh, and he's starting to look the real deal. He'll start to look more like that, again, with more games, more match time alongside Archibald and Smythe. I think we're going to be a right handful for League 2 defences to deal with. There's goals to be had in this team. If they're not going to come from out wide with Smythe and Archibald, Kelman will get them through the middle. And if not, you've got George Moncur, who knows where the net is. So, really, really happy with that. But I have to say, like, I'm not surprised by this. Again, like, you see the strength of our team and you see the strength of the front players against a Hartlepool backline. And you go, that team should win this convincingly. And again, I think we did. I think 4-2 probably does Hartlepool, uh, does us an injustice. 
based on the possession stats that everyone's spoken about and the chances we've spoken about. So, no, so far, I'm very happy. I think, for me, the season really gets going next week. I think that's where we'll, we'll know if we're all title contenders. With some difficult games coming up now, we'll just start a Tranmere. That we'll talk about a bit later. But I think right. we've got Tranmere, then we go to Wimbledon, then we go to Rochdale quite quickly. I think that's when the management of the squad's going to be more difficult for Richie to get right. Okay. But as it stands, very happy. I mean, five from six... I mean, only a four would argue that they've not been happy with the start of the season. No, and continuing that we've not been at our best, it's quite scary how good we can actually get. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, spot on. Great, great goal difference as well at this point. Yeah, uh, absolutely, as, well. as it should be. So there were a lot of views that came in. Uh, we'll read a few of them out here. Dan Alton, 2590, starts us off after this game. He said, more hard work of that when we really really didn't need to we sorry we made hard work of that when we really really didn't need to we could have scored double figures with better decision making nowhere near the levels we could potentially hit the press was tremendous again teams can't cope with it yeah they don't like it good they should just don't like it it. Casey Adams LOFC so what a win totally dominated them should have come way gutted that we've let two goals in could have been six or seven this squad is special yeah, um, Stephen LOFC said, Tremendous win. This team has so much of an attacking threat to it. Goals and creativity all over the pitch. Ron Sampson, 15, said, Good win, but looked a bit fragile defensively at times. Kelman is a cracking find and a natural finisher. Can't see Dryden getting back in. A little complacent at times, but this team has so much going for it. Billy Carroll, GB, said, We made hard work of that when we shouldn't have had to. Hartlepool was shocking. We could have easily scored eight or nine. Still nowhere near as good as we can be and we're top of the league. Something special about this squad. Too early to say we're going up? Yes. Yes. Trousers Techno says four goals and a win, but we were sloppy in defence and should have done better. Against a better side, this would not be good enough. And although we're five out of ten performance, we should be looking for more with better movement and decision making up front. In summary, we made hard work of it. Yeah, Reedy QB9 said, looked like we'd score every time we went forward. Shame to concede too, but never really looked in trouble in the game. The kind of game you need to win if you want to go places. Job done, on to the next. We ain't played our best yet. And a five wins and a draw. Yeah, Richie J. Bourne's a superb in attack, but shaky at the back. Richie went and said he didn't want complacency against Hartlepool, but he got it a bit at the back when we really should have buried them by more. But still... Great three points, which is all that matters. Yeah, Stroud Greeno said, felt like we were going to conspire against ourselves to drop two points for much of that game. Seems odd to say after hitting four, but if we can improve our decision-making in the final third, then we'll kill games off much earlier. Love the pressure we apply off the ball. Yeah, Ross McCaff said, passed two or three seasons. When it got to 3-2, it would have been almost inevitable we would concede a third. That alone shows we've turned the corner, but we had momentum last season that was lost. So we need to stay focused. There's a great underlying point there. The mentality shift yeah. in, in our squad is something that we haven't seen for a very long time. Pandemonium1881 said, Some of the combination play in the first half was sublime. The movement on and off the ball was superb. And if it hadn't been a poor call from the ref, we would have been too up and cruising. A bit lax at times, which we have to guard against. But pound for pound, we looked every bit a top team in Division 2. At times, it was too easy, but we made them look as poor as they were with some very classy keep ball. All units working well throughout the thirds, entertaining, lively, and still top of the league. Good tweet there from Matt. Mm. Dave Nels said, Kelman looks a player. Trying to work out to get back in 11. He's got a bit of everything, and I'm lucky not to get a few more. 
Yeah, Molly Folly 2019 said, we're winning comfortably without actually playing that well. That is a bit scary for O supporters. Wellens is perfect in his uh, analysis as always. If they do start to play the way he wants us to, then going to be then it's going to be a very enjoyable ride to League One. Hope so. Vince Howard, 73. So some of the movement on and off the ball was brilliant to watch and Kelman looks real fine. Still room for improvement though, as thought we looked a bit shaky at the back. Amazing Bagman1 said sloppy at the back again, but maybe that's to be expected when we play so attacking. The atmosphere was poor. The fans need to back the team. We are top and everyone is pouring out early. Stay and clap the team. Let's create something special and all be part of it. Steve the F1 said first game of the season for me and the four new starters all look like significant upgrades. Good passing, maybe one too many at times, except Kelman, who knows where the goal is. High hopes now for the season. Kid Samson O said, Odd to be so irked by a four-goal performance, but I found most of the game incredibly frustrating. We were levels better than them, but a combination of complacency in the defensive half and arrogance in the attacking areas kept the game far closer than it ever should have been. Yeah, Walker 300 kept it short, said, I now believe we are top draw. Need to be more focused at times, but when we turn it on sides, cannot live with us. Yeah, Solo Studio 7 gets the penultimate word, saying, our attacking play at times was sensational. One and two touch passing from heaven. The combination play between the midfield and the attack is truly breathtaking. I thought Kelman looked class and Smythe and Monker are unplayable at this level. We, we generally have... They are championship or top League One ready players when fit and healthy and well. No question in my head that Paul Smythe could walk into a top League One side, stroke lower end championship side. Speaking there. That is. And Monker as well. Not sure. I not agree. sure. I, I genuinely... Couldn't get in the whole team. But, well, he, was, he had a lot of injuries in the whole team. Yeah, well, we'll see. Definitely League One ready, though, which is what it's all about at this point in time. Final word in this episode goes to Orient Meat Pie, who said, cracking attacking performance. Hopefully we won't be as sloppy defensively in the future because 4 too flattered Hartlepool. Kelman and Smythe look really good. Attitude is spot on. Yeah, do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. If you're not on social media, you can email us. We're Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. And as I said earlier, you can message us on Instagram. We're Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook. Just search Orient Outlook podcast, three separate words. And you can send us a message through Messenger. You certainly can. So the last Carol Angley for us prediction league update of this episode and on this match no correct predictions we had plenty of 4-0s we had a few 4-1s no 4-2 so it means as it stands the top of the prediction league is as follows with David Rose 88 leading away on 11 points the chasing pack are behind him on 9 points of oriented is Postman Pack 1965 Steve Chaplin 4 and that's all O's fan and a joint third place they're all being chased by Dennis Orient Joe Pavitt 0-0 and the wings mad. Loads and loads of games left this season. So get predicting. Mm. Thanks to everyone who has done so already. Decent, decent. That's uh, so nothing to really report from the club in the last couple of days. So that's the bank holiday Sunday and Monday, uh, as we record today on the bank holiday yeah. Monday evening. So one hour six minutes forty three seconds. Let's wrap up this bad boy fantasy football update. Mustava Varomas is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League, he's on 298 points. He's head of Lewis Fear in second place, who's on three points behind him. Again, lots of points, lots of places changing. 
I had a great start. I'm now in 236th place <laughs> out of 350. Well, you top 10 players. at the start after like yeah, one after game the first or week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Right, positives and negatives this week. Yeah, so Kick three positives, off. two negatives. So positives, I formed so far this season. Top of the league, haven't lost yet. Five ones out of six. Fingers you love to see. Second positive is that the goals are coming from everywhere. It's not like a, a Man City where Haaland's basically just scoring for fun. It's literally coming from Kalman, Smythe. Archibald, Moncur, Sotirio, yeah. all over the place, things you love to see. Craig Clay back from his injury, I think, will be a big positive. And again, great headache for Richie to have when he's fully fit. Who'd you put in there? Three great midfielders at the moment. Clay's got to fight back for his place. Right. And goal difference, very strong. Plus eight after what? Six games. Six games is ridiculous. So, very, very happy with that one. Negatives in Just the two, uh, the defending uh, at times, particularly against Hartlepool, uh, I felt. Uh, and also the yellow cards we pick. I mean, people might not think I'm being picky against Hartlepool because we've won, but just 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 for sheer balance uh, at, at times as well. Uh, and yellow cards that we're picking up like like sweets really at the minute. It's just <laughs> it's just got to stop. We've got to be a little bit more disciplined because at some point we could end up yeah, like last season where we've got players suspended and players injured. Um, and who have you got to? You start to drop and you lose momentum and confidence and and, and all of that stuff. So yeah, we got we got to nip that in the bud. Yeah, good stuff. So time for the Carol Langley Flores hero of the fortnight. We put this one to Twitter. Could have had a lot more than four nominees, but we did nominate the following players for their form over the last two weeks. We nominated Theo Archibald, Idris Elmazuni, Charlie Kelman, and Paul Smythe. Yeah, and the winner. Oh no, sorry, we had a tweet in from this from Ben Ben1980 who said this is one bloody difficult. Uh, sorry, this one is bloody difficult. All deserve it. Theo has put in so much off the ball work in. Idris has broken so much of the opposition play. Charlie and Paul have been wearing their magic hats. I think those not named have been brilliant too. Team prize for me this time around. They well, can only, there was a fifth option. Yeah, there can only be one winner, unfortunately, Ben, but valid points all the same. We had 203 votes for this one in nine hours. Tight call. In second place, taking 36% of the vote, was Idris Almazuni. But your winner, with 39% of the vote, was... Top scorer, Charlie Kelman. Well done to Charlie Kelman, indeed. Well done to Charlie. Yeah, absolutely. We all love Charlie. So, next week's fixtures. Two coming up for us this week. We're on the road uh, Tuesday, the 30th of August, tomorrow, as we record this. We're taking on Oxford United in the Papa John's trophy in our first group game Oxford beat Cheltenham away at the weekend they're currently 17th in League 1 so they're not doing great so they might try to use this as a bit of a springboard for, yeah, for confidence I don't think they'll, they'll play many first team players in this one mm. Got to be I don't really know what their first team is to be honest yeah, so same it's difficult to know uh, and then next Saturday the 3rd of September we're back at home in league action to Tranmere Rovers they're 15th in League 2 they beat Colchester at home 2-0 at the weekend uh, and it's obviously also worth noting his transfer deadline it day is. on Thursday well spotted so Dave Victor did ask Richie the question on the post match, that there might be one more. Didn't say where. You'd imagine it'd be in central midfield if it happens. But I guess we'll see. At the moment, it's all it's all good. Good to see though. Thomas Asante looks to be leaving Salford. He looks to be on a different level for Salford this season. Salford has started off really well. So not that we like uh, other clubs to uh, get weaker, but it'd be great to I see. Do. It'd be great to see him leave uh, Salford and hopefully bring them down a little Salford, bit. So keep Salford your eyes. At the moment, yeah, keep so. your eyes on social media. Over the next coming days, I'm sure there'll be a few more rumours and maybe a bit of drama 
Yeah, so sponsorship reminder, before we end this one, don't forget, if you're thinking of moving home, keep it in your own family. Save yourself a few quid by using town and country Harlow. You can call them, like we've said before, 01279 or on 07528 or they can be found on Twitter at T and C Harlow, or Charlie can be found on Twitter at Charlie underscore Paul with an E. Yeah, so that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 291. It's been a fortnight since our last podcast, but what a fortnight it's been as the Orient Express has kept rolling this season with a one-all draw at Swindon, where many fans felt we actually should have had all three points. A convincing 3-1 win at Colchester, which you just love to see, and obviously a 4-2 victory at home this past weekend to put Richie Wellens' red and white Barmy Army uh, top of League Two. Hopefully this time next week we'll be sitting here talking about another two strong performances in two fairly difficult fixtures, uh, to be fair, and hopefully we'll be just as happy. Hopefully we will be. So if you listen on iTunes, please subscribe. Give our podcast a five-star rating. 96 now, four away from 100. It'd be lovely to get to 100 uh, in the next yes, couple please. of weeks. You can also rate the show now on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, week in, week out, go to your options on the free dots, go to Rate Show and give us a five stars. That would be lovely. And obviously, make sure you do subscribe if you don't listen on those platforms so you have all the podcasts as soon as they're uploaded. You can find us on all smart speakers. You can find us on FanHub. You can find us pretty much anywhere you need a podcast to be found these days. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, or an orange chum who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and pass the pod. So we're back, episode 292, in only six days' time. So you have to wait 15, 16 days for this one. You've only got to wait six days for the next one. So we'll be back with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient. Outlook Podcast. Up the O's.